Welcome in, everyone, to episode three of Spiritual Disciplines with Steve Gibney. I'm Jeff Adair, and I'm, I'm here with Steve. Steve, how's it going today? It's going well. It's been a busy week, but the sun is shining, and so looking forward to a good weekend. Oh, that's right. It is beautiful outside right now. So, you know, Steve, we talked uh, about spending some time alone with God last week in solitude and silence, and I hope that everyone listening uh, made some time. To, to do that and re- reaping the benefits of it, because I know I am personally of that, and then continue to create that rhythm in their life. So how about we get going with the next discipline, Steve? What do you say? All right, let's go. So, you know, and you mentioned in your class that there are three important ways to engage Scripture, and I was hoping we could uh, go over that uh, first to get started. Sure, sure, yeah. So what we've talked about in class is the fact that we can engage Scripture through study, through meditation, and through memorization. Awesome. Um, and... So we've talked about the fact that uh, last week in solitude and silence, that even though solitude and silence is a discipline on its own, uh, which we described, it is also the the thing that we need to do to set the conditions for really pretty much any of this, the other spiritual disciplines that will follow. Okay. It either helps to set the condition or it's kind of a part of that discipline All that right. we practice. And so after the conditions are set, which means... We're in God's presence, we've quieted our minds, uh, and we have that openness to God, to receive God and His transformation to yeah. us. Then the place to start is really with God's Word. Yeah. God is the initiator of everything. He creates, He initiates His relationship with us, and He has revealed Himself to us. Yeah. And so there's no better place, no other place we could start after we have the conditions set than to look at God and his word. Yeah, I agree. So to begin with, let's talk about studying the word. Okay, yes. All right. So Jesus held scripture in the highest regard. The gospels show how he studied, memorized, and put it in his heart. It's clear that scripture guided Jesus throughout his life. And it's also uh, true that Paul and the other apostles believed in the supreme importance of scripture for all Christians. So this first important way is to build knowledge, become familiar with the Bible, how to navigate it, understand the history of God's interactions with people, learn things about the life of Jesus, the apostles' teachings, and how it all fits together to guide our lives uh, so that we study scripture and engage our minds to the entry point to soaking up into our hearts. There you go. I like that. You know, at age 12, Jesus was in the temple. I mean, he was, he was found studying with the teachers. I always loved that when I first became a Christian, that this, this young boy was, you know, in there with the teachers, with the, the, the big wigs, if you will, just, uh, just studying. He's, his, his thirst for knowledge was, was always something I looked up to and, and, and loved. Um, and he was displaying his knowledge of them. So he was, he was mm-hmm. smart himself. So, yeah, that's, that's an awesome thing uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, what is more would be more horrifying to you as a parent okay. than to lose Ethan, not be able to find him, and look to Sarah, and she doesn't know where he is either. Yeah. Huh? 
How scared would you be? Oh, frightened. Yeah. Would Have be. you ever been in a situation <laughs> like that? Yeah. Not with Ethan, but no, yeah. It would be very scary. Yeah. So, I mean, even if on the playground, it's like for a moment, you know, he's out of sight. You yes. know, there's a there's this little alarm button that goes on. Well, so imagine Jesus's parents where they have gone to the festival in Jerusalem. Uh, the whole family caravan is on its way back home. And all of a sudden you realize that your 12 year old's not there. Yeah. And, and, and 12-year-olds, you know, they move fast. Yes, so, they do. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of panic in the house. So what happened is that the, the family has to turn around and come back to Jerusalem. They said, you know, total it was three days. And so uh, you know, imagine the panic for three days uh, trying to find out where, where, where Jesus was. Yeah. But Luke records the story, and he says, after three days, they found him in the temple courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So there's two points about study in here. Of course, you know, Jesus later says, you know, you you should know me by now. This is where I would want to be. But (laughs) first of all, he, he is talking with the teachers. And they're going through this back and forth and asking questions and answering questions of each other. And he's able to ask questions as well as answer. Uh, and so that's the form. It's a major form of study in the synagogue system go, yeah. uh, that they that they lived in that day. And so at that point, he was engaged in active study with the teachers. But also the fact that they were so amazed at his answers uh, showed that he had a deep understanding of scripture yeah. and that he had studied the scriptures on his own right. or in other ways, maybe in the synagogues at home as well. But he, he studied it very deeply. And, you know, I think a lot of times we may say, well, Jesus, he was God. Uh, he knew all the scriptures anyway. Right. But uh, the scripture tells us that, you know, Hebrew writer says, you know, he had to learn obedience by the things he suffered. Yeah. Jesus was a person just like the rest of us. And he had actually study to, to learn and to get the, the word into him. Uh, and as this passage says, it continues on, it says, you know, he grew in wisdom and stature. He went through the normal growth process as any of us does as a person, right. and he, he had to learn the Word. So he applied himself to study the Word. And uh, speaking of Paul, we were talking about him earlier as well, his importance uh, that he placed on Scripture. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, he said, From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, obviously, you can see how highly uh, Paul thinks of scripture. It's God-breathed. It's useful in teaching. Of course, that's what we're talking about, teaching and studying. It's for rebuking and correcting, you know, for when when, when we're off the path, and training in righteousness. And we're talking about disciplines here, right. right? And so training is a discipline, and Bible study is a discipline, and understanding what the Word uh, means to us and learning that is a discipline. And so it's important for us to look at it as important for, for, for us to study. And Paul also tells Timothy in another passage, he says, you know, study to show yourself approved. 
a workman that needs not to be ashamed, you know, rightly dividing, you know, or or handling the word of truth. And so uh, it is important for us to study. Now, Timothy's case, he was a minister. And so, you know, that was his that was his work. And he was to to teach others. But um, it's important for all of us to study. And I love the training for righteousness. I love that. When we think about discipline, not everybody has the best picture in our head, but we're training ourselves for righteousness. That's a, that's a great thing. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, are there any ways that we can kind of miss the point in Scripture? Sure, sure there are. Uh, you know, study isn't so that we can learn to debate others or wrangle about words, okay, uh, using one of Paul's phrases. Um, it's not to learn the rules and be guilty of searching the Scriptures because we think we're in doing it. We have eternal life, um, yet all the while missing the point regarding Jesus and the changed hearts he wants us to have. We study because the word is living and active, and if we let it get into our hearts or our innermost parts through our minds, it can work to transform our thinking and our lives. Yeah, yes. So the mind is the portal. It's, 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 it's how we, it, we first need to, to, to receive it through studying and understanding what it all means. Uh, Jesus makes this point uh, in John chapter 5. He says to the teachers and the leaders of the, the, the Jewish nation, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. Yet these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Hmm. So you can study and study and study, and they were dedicated to studying and they right. totally missed it. So we certainly can miss the point. Paul, again, talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, says, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And so it's important for us to realize it's it's not just a it's not just a debate tool. And right. I think, you know, and if we just look at the kind of history of, of the church in, in our age, there's a, there's a different many churches. And a lot of those were formed because there's so many different debates over how to That's interpret right. scripture. Very good certainly point. interpreting it correctly is, is important. But, um, you know, uh, we have to be careful that we don't use it or allow um, our study of it to create division. Right. The word go. is yeah. for, for to help us to create unity. I, what a what a great charge that Paul gave Timothy and and for us too. Uh, you know, quarreling about words, and then he says it is of no value. That what a he's like. Hey, I need to make that point again. You know, make, uh-huh. <laughs> let me try that. Again. It's of no value, Timothy. It's of right, no value. Right. I love that. Oh yeah, and it only ruins those who listen. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. <laughs> wow. Well, wait a minute. So, yeah, it's just yeah. piling on the points. Like, hey, this is not good. I it love is. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so there are a number of ways to study the, the scripture, and you probably have some some that uh, that work for you as well too. Yeah. But you know, you each person needs to pick what's best for you. There are really more ways than we can go into or name, but sure. I have a few bullet items here of just a few that we ways that we can approach it. That's that awesome. You can begin to approach studying the word. Uh, one is to read through a book of the Bible understand its purpose and its message and how it connects with the rest of the scripture. Yes. So you may have some aids that you can use to do this. You know, sometimes there's information in the Bible itself that gives you a little uh, purpose of the book before you start reading it. Mm -hmm. Or there are Bible dictionaries and 
and other aids that can, can kind of help you get the setting of it, you know, what's going on in it. So, so it's good because there's a lot of books in the Bible. And so trying to place them into, you know, what is their purpose in this big picture that this puzzle I'm trying to put together of, of how God is working in our lives, there you know, go, yeah. what does it, what does this play in it? And so, uh, it's, first, it's good to know those things, you know, kind of the basics about a particular book uh, and, and why it's there. That's one, you know, that's one way you can approach studying. Uh, another way is to use a Christian book um, on a particular topic and you can study it and it can lead you through passages all throughout the scripture on that particular topic. Yes. Uh, and it's another great, th- uh, another great way to do this is to do it with other people. Um, I know, for instance, our ladies' Bible class uh, yeah. very often are using a book that they're going through together, and they're able to read it together, discuss it together, and that's that's really powerful way yeah, to, to learn learn scripture. Um, and uh, you know, I've been involved in study groups with uh, you know a few other men uh, on a book as well too. And I encourage that. That's a really great way to spend some time with some some Christian brothers, yeah. and a good way to 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 get yourself to get through a book, uh, and just to build your knowledge. Say to hold hold yourself accountable, and for other people to hold your hold you accountable as well to make sure you read that chapter for the week or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would would definitely encourage that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Iron sharpens iron, right? That's right. That's correct. Exactly. Read a book of the Bible. And follow cross references to other related verses. Okay. There are chain reference Bibles. There are sometimes just footnotes to other scriptures in your Bible. So that's that's another way to do it. Just kind of go and see what other passages relate in some way to what you're reading. That's another way to do it. You can find a word, a particular word that you say, you know, I kind of wonder about that one. Like, you know, maybe the word redemption or something like oh, that. Okay, redeem, redemption. Okay, I kind of understand what that means. What does that mean, you know? Go through, and again, you can either the search tool, if you've got an online Bible or oh, a concordance, yeah. you can find all the instances of, of that word, and you can look at it and kind of understand what it means. That's one of my, when I first became a Christian, that's one of my favorite things to do, start off on trying to learn that kind of language. And uh, and there's plenty of resources out there for it, and this, like I said, it was very fun. Love mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of course you can do formal schooling, you know, if, if that's your desire. And, you know, the, the point is that everyone's at a different level and everyone may have a different approach that works for them that they like. And so right. those are all good ways to do it. And the final one I'll mention is is participate in Bible classes. Yes, there you uh, go. Because we've got, we have them here. We mm-hmm. have them on a regular basis. We have Bible classes at uh, peak of the week. Uh, and those are good ways to join together in studying the Bible. It's a it's an easy way to um, get all, all of those different perspectives and different lenses of the Bible into one group, into a safe place where we can discuss. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always thought about that. Right. Uh, it's an awesome safe place to for anybody to get together and say, hey, th- well, this is what I think about that, and this is what I've been through because that's how I view it. So it's a, an awesome thing to get together with people and, and study the Bible. Great exactly. Thing. Exactly. It just, like you said, it gives it, gives it that kind of rounds it out because you get other people's different experiences and you may hear perspectives on a scripture that you hadn't thought of right if you were just by yourself yeah so it's a great thing all right so those are just some of the approaches that you can take uh, overall but um i'm just going to take a minute to talk about how we would maybe approach a particular 
passage of scripture when okay. you're going to study it. So, so, so how would you, how might you do that? So, pick a passage. Maybe you're reading through a book, but you're going to read a particular section. So, pick that passage. Read the passage of scripture. Uh, it might be an event that's happening. It may be a story of Jesus. Maybe a teaching from a letter, or whatever. But read it, and then imagine the scene, the story, or the situation. Okay. For instance, pick a, a really good one is um, John chapter nine, when Jesus heals the blind man, and then uh, there's all these interactions with the, the the rulers of the synagogue, the his this this blind man's parents. Yeah. Uh, the blind man himself, you know, Jesus and other people. And so there's uh, a lot of things going on here. And so the next step is to observe and interpret the facts that are going on in the story or in the passage. So you can ask yourself questions about who, what, when, where, and why, you know, those kinds of questions. So again, for instance, in John, uh, the, the blind man's been healed. And the rulers of the synagogue don't believe it. And they pull the parents in. And, and you know, the, the, the parents, you know, are, are kind of like, My, he's our son, but, I, you know, we're not going to, you I'm know, gonna touch we're, it. we're not going to touch this one. Yeah. You know, so you've got all of these things going on, interactions between people. So start asking those questions. Well, investigative work. Yes, investigation. Okay, now why would why would you know the parents do this, and right. why would you know why would these people be so um, upset that this blind man was uh, was was healed? And, yeah. and ask those questions. Along with that, you can say, well, then what does this passage teach about God, and what does this passage teach about people? Yeah, I think that that really is a a, a good way to get insight into it. So again, for our John chapter. Nine example. Yes. Um, what does it teach about God? Well, at least one thing it teaches is is Jesus is compassionate. He sees the man who's born blind, and he heals him because of his compassion and his mercy. Yeah. What does it teach about people? Well, there's a lot of people involved here, but you know, the parents, for instance, they knew that their whole social structure revolved around the synagogue. Right. And they knew if they proclaimed that Jesus had done this and he was a prophet or he was the Messiah or whatever, that they would be kicked out of the synagogue. It would change their whole life. So uh, what does it say about people? People act in very self-protective ways. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were covering their bases. They were saying, we're not going to have anything to do with this. You know, they didn't even express happiness that their son yeah. had 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 his sight back again because they were so afraid of consequences. So yeah. you can really learn a lot about God and you can learn a lot about people just by digging in and asking some of those questions. And sometimes we don't, as humans, we don't know how to react to, to miracles. Yeah, that That's is another true. thing. That is true. Yeah. yeah. We just don't know how to react to them. We don't. You can also ask things like, uh, what meaning did the actions have for the characters? Kind of similar okay. to our... To our previous question, um, and then what meaning do what meaning do, do the actions have for you? Mm. Yeah, it goes back to some of that self self examination from last week. Yep. We always have to yep. look at ourselves mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, take it and say what you know. What does this mean for me? What do you take away from the passage? What basic truths are taught? You know, you, there's a lot you can glean from a particular passage, um, and then you know how can I apply it again? Uh, is there a command here for me? Is there a problem?
promise for me? Is there an example for me mm, to follow? There you go, yeah. So a lot you can dig out of a passage if you sit down and put your mind to I'm going to study it and learn it and understand it and what God is trying to say. Uh, awesome stuff. Let's uh, let's keep it moving, Steve. Thank you very much for, for sharing all those uh, practical ways to get into Scripture. Uh, what do you think? What do you say we get into the second way we can engage? Okay, great. The second way we're going to go is look at memorization, and that is Love reading it. to internalize. Okay, the study was reading to inform. Memorization is reading to internalize. So, so memorization of Scripture is another way to help Christ be formed in us. It allows us to recollect and meditate on God's words at any time and help us put them into practice. The words in our minds sink into our hearts and we are readily available when we need them. Mm, I love that. It's also important to remember in Scripture where to find passages. So even if you don't remember or memorize the specific passage, you can memorize the book, chapter, and verse where a very important passage is found. Yes. Okay, so you can say, you know, I know that, that God has the promise that uh, to be anxious and nothing, but if we pray to him, the peace of God will be with us. Well, you know, just if you just know that that's in Philippians chapter 4, you know, there, there you go. You, you have it right at your fingertips. Jesus quoted memorized scripture a lot. Yes. He did it during his temptations. Oh, yeah. Uh, He did it throughout his ministry. So, for instance, in the wilderness, before launching his ministry, he fended off each of the temptations that Satan gave to him with Scripture. That's right. That he had memorized. And he had been fasting for 40 days before he did that, too. He had been fasting for 40 days, and we'll be talking about that. We'll actually look at this Scripture probably again when we talk about fasting. It's, it's a part of solitude, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot in this passage. So, But every time that he was tempted, he used the scripture. For instance, it says, Satan came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. That's right. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan thought he was going to be tricky, and he said, Okay, then if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, okay? So Satan's going to quote scripture back right. to Jesus. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up you in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. That's right. And finally, and the devil says, you know, takes him up to a high point on a mountain and says, look at all of this. I will give all this to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Hmm. And Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him and angels came and attended Jesus. Jesus was able to use scripture to fend off temptations. And we can do that as well, too. Yeah. And I've always loved, um, you know, I've heard this is not me thinking, obviously, um, but I've heard that when Jesus was speaking that he was feeding himself scripture. So when he was fasting, he was feeding himself. Mm-hmm. So I've always, I've always loved that. So whenever I'm, I'm going through a fast or anything like that, I try to remember that and read to feed myself that way. To feed. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He says in another point. I mean, another place. It's, it, it's interesting because he says in another place, and then the disciples are coming to, to bring him some food, and he says, "I have food, you know, that you don't know of. Right. You know, feed on the word of God. That's right." In, in Deuteronomy chapter six, uh, Moses. Uh, says this very similar thing. 
to the people of Israel as they're giving out as he's giving out the law. He says, "These commands that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates." So he says, you know, in every way, you know, make sure that these words get into your minds and your hearts. Yeah. Talk about them together. When you're lying on bed at night, and think about them so those words come to you. You know, the tying symbols on your hands and binding your foreheads, you know, probably more of a way of saying, you know, make sure you're doing them. Yes. And that they're in your heart. And now they try turned that into some, had some physical ways in which they did that, tying tying scriptures on their foreheads and and wearing them. But um, I always read the analogy that um, they tied them around their forehead because it was hanging down in their eye view. So they would always see. So they could always see. So no matter where you looked, you saw scripture. They could see scripture. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, um, you know, the stickers that they have now you put on walls. Kind of like uh, you know, see them on home stores and stuff. Um, yeah. Sarah's trying to use that uh, Deuteronomy as a, as an excuse to get that all over my house. So I have to say we, don't, we can only have a couple scriptures on our door frames, honey. But right. We right. don't want to overdo it too much. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's one way of, of getting it on there. I love that. And so we you know I love the reminder of everywhere. As soon as you wake up, when mm-hmm. you lay down, mm-hmm. I love that. That's a great mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have those memorized. The psalmist says. I have hidden the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There you go. To God, you know. The word is hidden in your heart. You do that through memorization. Uh, Peter said, I think it's right to refresh your memory, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Scripture is written down so that we can always remember it. And if we memorize it, uh, we can always remember it and take it with us. Yeah, Steve, what are some uh, steps to help us memorize a passage of Scripture? Okay, okay. Well, you know, first of all, determine a passage you want to memorize. You know, it could be small. It could be a single verse. Uh, In fact, that may be a a good way to start. Uh, Or it could be several verses. Or even, you know, if you want to challenge yourself enough, maybe a whole chapter. Yeah. That's a funny thing you say about starting small. I love that because, um, you know, memorization is something we always try to teach in the youth group. And it's, it's kind of a running joke that we start off small. So you want to start with John eleven thirty five, which is Jesus wept. <laughs> so if you can get that down, then that's a small step. And then you can get, you know, go further on. So anybody out there that says, oh, I can't memorize scripture, just take a look at John eleven thirty five. You, you'll change your mind. Good. Great. Great. Great idea. Hey, <laughs> do you have any three word verses that we can go, jump off from there? Let's see. Let me, let me get up to that one. I have to go back to my notes. But yes. We'll see if we get up to that for sure. Two words and three words. Then, then you get up to a good sentence. Then you can, okay. So. All right. Well, that, sound, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you know, challenge yourself, but, you know, you certainly do small. And, and uh, you know, even the shortest passages can bring a lot of benefit to you. There you go. In That's a lot right. of ways. Comfort, uh, challenge. And so, you know, the key to memorization, uh, you know, is repetition and focus. So to learn something, you need to focus on it and you need to repeat it so so you know a way to do that is just read the passage multiple times um, maybe you note certain keywords 
as you're going through it and you think, okay, here are kind of my signposts, you know, to get through it. I know these are the important words, but sometimes it's the words in between and you have to work on a little more to, to, to get it all down. So you start with that. Then as you're going through it, you try to work through and get one sentence at a time down, you know, repeat the sentence or phrase until it becomes ingrained uh, and then add the next section or the next sentence and then do the same thing until you can recite the whole thing without looking at the text. Oh, there you go. Once you get that, you know, let's say you, you do that and, you know, Monday morning you've been working on it and you kind of get it all, you get it all memorized. Use it throughout the day, you know, to stop and take time during the day just to just to uh, go through that in your mind when you're in your daily activities there you go. and help to kind of put it into your mind a little bit even even more strongly and of course you can always go back you know I know I, I do this I I get some uh, passage memorized and I kind of forget a word or two was exactly what was that word and just go back to it you know and repeat it again very very simple kind of ways that we've had to learn a lot of different things in the past yeah. but it's worth the discipline again it's a discipline and it's worth the time and effort it takes to do that um, I thought about a three word passage to memorize again and just the time you were going over um, I think it's First Thessalonians is um, pray without ceasing pray without ceasing there you go so, there you go <laughs> so right. there's the third I said it took so, me a minute to think about it but I knew there was one I had alright <laughs> gonna get that hamster rolling in the head uh, mm-hmm. to get going uh, Steve, before as we get into the third, I know there's going to be some people out there that will want to know the difference between study and meditation because I know those kind of words kind of they go together, and some people think that they are the same word, but they're but they're different. What we're talking about, so mm-hmm. if we could get into that first before we get into the practical th- ways to meditate, that'd be great. Right, sure, sure. Meditating on scripture is different than study, which we looked at earlier. Study helps us to build our understanding of what the word says and how to apply it. But meditation is to listen to what God is speaking personally to me at the current moment in my life and responding to him in that today. Okay. All right. Or maybe tomorrow. Maybe it's maybe something I meditated on yesterday or last week. It helps me. It helps me today. Yeah. So that is God is speaking to us through his scripture and he speaks to our situation many times. Very often he is he's talking to us what we need to know right now. And so that's the difference between uh, meditation and study. And, okay. and, and like any in any of these, there's kind of there can be a bleed over. You can be studying and meditating sure. sort of at the same time. Um, but uh, you can do each of these separately in a very focused way as well, too. So meditation, it's important. Uh, I also want to point out that meditation on Scripture is different from Eastern meditation. Okay. Um, you know, we hear that term a lot these days. But the Eastern religions uh, don't believe in a creator God. Right. So meditation for them is about just emptying the mind. But for Christians, meditation is to clear the mind first, clear the cares and the distractions out of our lives. But it's for the purpose of focusing our minds on God and His Word so that it can form in our hearts. Wow. Okay. So meditation on Scripture will help us to let it sink into our hearts. And this is the reading that transforms us. So we go from informing our minds, making it sink into our hearts, and then this is allows the Word to transform us. I've always thought about that. The That's part of the closet that Jesus talks about going into to pray. Mm-hmm. Is that... 
that area there where there's no other distractions around. It's just you and you and God in there. That's what I've always thought about meditation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you're 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 focusing on God. You can meditate with the Word, or you can meditate in in solitude and silence. What we talked about earlier. There's a meditation of just meditating on God and being with Him in His presence as well, too. So yeah, the the, the term could be used in. There are different flavors in which you could use the term meditation. Yeah. So, but it's clear that Jesus meditated on how Scripture spoke to the heart. The Sermon on the Mount is all about the heart change of the law as opposed to legalistic regulations, yeah. human addition or modification, or twisting to suit selfishness. His woes to the Pharisees also speak to this. This outwardly idea of being outwardly clean, inwardly rotten. Yeah. So again back to that point of how we could misuse scripture by using it for debate or to enhance our position of power or whatever it is those are misapplications of scripture and so jesus makes this point that it's it's about changing the heart the psalmist in psalm 119 says oh how i love your law i meditate on it all day long your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies so the psalmist says, I meditate on your word, on your law, all day long. The commands are always with me because I'm meditating on them. And it's very likely that the psalmist was also, you know, memorizing that, right? right correct. So yeah. that they were with him all the time. So again, these these disciplines go together with the word, uh, meditation, memorization, and study. Uh, and they make me wiser than my enemies. The Hebrew writer says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing and soul of the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Hmm. And when you meditate on scripture, it will it'll hit you right between the eyes. That's true. And and it'll it'll show you, yeah, here here are my attitudes and here's the ones that need changing. Yeah. And uh, one one passage I, I I love you know one of the passages I've definitely here's a whole chapter that I have memorized uh, Psalms chapter one and I'm not going to do this from memory but I'm going to read this section of it starting at verse one how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and whatever he does he prospers meditating on the word of god is prosperous for us always it's um awesome that you memorize the psalm i uh had a minister friend of mine uh, a couple years ago ran into uh and he his challenge for that year was to memorize all of romans 8 wow. i oh so i said bless you brother because that is something i want to strive for but i i'm not there yet um i've started with the psalms too that's that's a i love the psalms so that's a great way to uh because i love music and i love poetry so memorizing mm-hmm. that for me is is a it's very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're so personal. The Psalms are so personal. They, they're, they're words that we could be speaking to God. Right, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, so, you know what, my, um, my rhythm in the morning is uh, getting up uh, about, about 6.30 every morning, and I get my coffee going, of course, and then I, I sit down and, and do some reading. 
And I know uh, in your class you talked about divine reading. Um, is there some way you can describe kind of what that is for everybody out there listening? Yeah, divine reading, or uh, the Latin is lecto, lectio divina. Um, it's It was developed before people could even have the scripture in their hands to, okay. to, to read. So it started out not as reading, but this is a practice that's gone on for 1,500 years. Many of the people in the early church were illiterate and could not read, didn't have Bibles if they, if they could read anyway. So Lectio Divina offered a way of attending to Scripture as it was read in church. Okay. Okay. With an ear to hearing a word from God. Hmm. Uh, some brief and memorable word or phrase became bread for the soul throughout the week. That's true. So so imagine, you know, that if, if you were in that situation, you wanted to take God's word with you through the week, you would be listening. That might be your only option to hear it uh, was at church service. And yeah. so you hear a word and then that word you would take with you or that idea, that thought. And so that transformed itself into a reading practice over time as well. So this practice of divine reading invites us into God's presence to listen for his particular loving word to me at this particular moment in time. Yeah. Okay. One listens to the word as it is read aloud or read silently to yourself. And reading the text aloud for yourself is a, is a good way to, to do it as well, too. You just hear it spoken. Yes. That's one thing I encourage the teens with. So I said, read it out loud. And as strange as that is by yourself, read it out loud. That's way your mind can hear it. And that's an easy way to, to memorize it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also when you're studying with other people, when you're reading it aloud together. That's, yes. That's really good to hear hear the word spoken. So devotional reading of Scripture is rooted in the assurance that every part of the biblical story the letters, the parables, the gospels, the prophets, the history is inspired and can give voice to God's particular word to us. That's okay. awesome. Uh, I, you know, I never thought about this, but while you were uh, describing the Lectio Divina, the people that would go there, they would have to more or less discipline themselves while in service to, to meditate and to be open to, God's, to hearing God's word. So while they were in service, that was part of their worship was to, to open themselves to, you know, be in solitude and to have all that already. I never thought about that. Um, that's, that's interesting to be in that kind of service and to think that way because you kind of have to be mm-hmm. in, in uh, your own mind thinking about when you're hearing that. And you know that you can't take your own Bible home because now we could take our own Bible home and you know, fact check the preacher or whatever you want right. um, <clears throat> to, you know, but that's, that is, that is a, that is an amazing thing. I just thought about how you have to be open during worship while you're hearing the word. Yeah. Uh, our fast paced world, you know, we're just, we're going from one thing to the other. Yeah. And I'm sure they lived a lot more slow, slow paced lives and had more of that opportunity. So we're probably more tuned to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, so it is a challenge for us to think about how we need to prepare our minds and think about absorbing it and right. listening carefully listening carefully uh lectio divina uh, there's I mean, a couple different ways that you can approach it so i'll talk about a couple three different ideas here so the formal definition i guess that was put together of how to do this is is a set of steps and they might say they may feel kind of mechanical at first when you do them yeah. but you know as you do it it you know it's not like over time it'll just kind of grow it w- it won't be 
that hard to go, okay, what's step one, what's step two, what's step three? But right. at first, it, it may feel like that. So, you know, first of all, of course, you want to find a comfortable place without distractions. Choose your passage, be it six or eight verses or just a single story, just a small uh, bit of scripture. Uh, you're not trying to consume too much at one time. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know. Me, a lot of time in my uh, in my study, I go, okay, I'm, then you know, I choose my book. Here's the next book I'm going to read, and and I have to keep myself from wanting to just get through the book because I to accomplish it. Oh right? yes, yeah, <laughs> gotta get that goal. You know, so uh, slow yourself down and just take small chunks and say, you know, I'm not worried about how fast I get through the book or how much I read today, but the depth of what I'm going to get out of there it. You go. So, you know, choose a small passage read the passage and then on the first reading ponder one word or phrase that stands out to you okay, okay what just what just jumped out at you as you read it okay does it encourage you or does it is it is it challenging so so ponder it so after you read it take time to meditate there you go, on yeah. that idea okay why is that one you know why why did that one stand out to me yeah uh, read it a second time then. After a, a while of meditating on it, read the passage a second time. And then ask, how does this whole passage connect to me today? Uh, if it's a story, where am I in the story? Who would I be in this story? You know, would I be the person who's skeptical and doubting off on the side? Or am I the person who would, you know, maybe be uh, more engaged with what Jesus is saying? Or It's yeah. a great way to do that. put yourself in... Someone else's sandals, as I always say. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, reflect on that for a while, and then make another reading through it. Read through it again. And then ask again, is God encouraging me in this passage? Is he challenging me for something? And then how does that make me feel? Yeah. If I'm getting this challenge, am I resisting it? Do, do I just kind of want to back away from it because this is a challenge? If it's something that's encouraging me, does it make me want to praise God? You know, th- think about how it makes you feel. Yeah. Does it convict me? Does it, you know, does it encourage me? So this is time to be honest with yourself, uh, to reflect on it, to consider how you can live this out today. Nice. Or how you can begin putting that into practice today. Yeah. And it can, can go with you all your life. But multiple readings, uh, stopping to reflect in between and then coming out in the end saying okay what action does this mean for me yeah. today and what am i going to do with it am i going to be like the person who looks at the word and, and the mirror and just walks away and forget what i look like yeah. or am i going to actually take that word in soak it in and let it do something for me today in my life there you go yeah so so that's one really great way to do it. And like I said, after you've done it, you just you read it, you know, word will pop out, you reflect on it, you spend some time, you know, you can then continue to dig deeper at each reading. Uh, another one that can help highlight a particular word or several different words in the passage okay. is just to pick the passage and read it multiple times. And each time you read it, emphasize a different word. Okay. For instance, um, in Deuteronomy 6, uh, verse 5, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The way to read this, emphasizing different words, is to start out saying, love the Lord your God. 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Think about that. What does that mean? Love the Lord. Love, then the next time you read it, love the Lord, your God. Okay. And how does that change how you see that passage? It's it's the Lord, the one and only Lord, right? Then the next time you read it, love the Lord, your God. Or then the Lord, your God. You know, so those are ways that, that you can emphasize one particular word and see how it changes what that passage says to you. I love that. That's a great. That's a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, never. I actually um, have done that on a few other ones, but I've never done that with the Shema in Deuteronomy. That's that's interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Sure thing. Sure. That one, uh, Danny uh, taught on a Wednesday night, probably a couple of years ago, and it just stuck with me. And I thought that was a really good way, a, a new way for me to think about uh, meditating on the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And so then just kind of a very, another way to look at it, another way to do it is a, just kind of a simple, boiled down way of reading the passage, uh, reading it slowly, and then just asking yourself questions. What is God speaking to me personally in this passage? You know, again, is he encouraging me? Is he challenging me? Uh, what does he want me to do with this today? Yeah. So that's very similar to Lectio Divina. But the, it's just the essence, the heart of, you know, what is it that God's trying to, to say to me? Uh, take your time, you know, spend time reflecting on the passage and short ones, you know, are easier to do that with. And I've always had the, uh, with the teens, I've done a, uh, I know they're not R's, but I've done the three R's when it comes to, to reading and, and studying the, the scripture. It's a read, um, then you reflect, and then I put wrestle. Um, but, you know, I don't know, that doesn't start with an R, so I guess I would say wrestle. <laughs> but wrestle, uh, right. <laughs> say read, reflect, and, and wrestle with it. And wrestle. Because you're going to read it, and then you want to reflect on it yourself. What am I supposed to do with it? And then you're going to wrestle with it because most scripture is going to make you self-examine yourself and look at yourself and say, okay, maybe I can do better. Mm-hmm. So that's why that, that wrestle part comes in there. I like to, uh, that's how in one way I, I uh, teach, the, teach the teens how to do it. Mm-hmm. So That's great. That's great. Yeah. So personally, I just wanted to, sh- to share this, you know, when you are meditating on scripture, you know, you, you may feel the need uh, and it may be important for you to Stay on that same scripture for a while. You know, you don't have to move to a new scripture the next day. There you go. Yeah. Um, you may you may reflect on that scripture for a number of days. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, you know, he suggests spending an entire week on a passage. That's just a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, but one I've spent the last three or four days on because, again, it, it hit me and I said, I need to continue looking at this passage i need to continue to hear what it says i don't want to i don't want to go from it at this point yeah so i was ready to start a a new book and i said okay uh i'm going to meditate through second corinthians okay and uh so i got started on that this week and i haven't gotten off the first section of it so very first chapter second corinthians chapter one says praise be to god father of all compassion the god of uh all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others with the comfort we receive from him. Mm. And that one hit me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who doesn't have troubles? Who doesn't have our, our, our 
issues in life. Right. Uh, and right now as a church, you know, we're all struggling with, uh, you know, what we've been dealing with over the last year. And so, uh, and, that, and, and that affects all of us in a number of different ways. And so it really spoke to me. And so I've been reading through that. Later on in the passage, it, it says, you know, all these difficulties uh, have come to us so that we would lean upon God and not ourselves. Oh, there you go. And so I've been spending uh, the last three or four days just rereading and reflecting and meditating on that passage. And it, it's comforted me. No, oh, yeah. You know, it's helped me. It's strengthened me. And it's made me realize, yeah, difficulties, God wants me to learn to lean upon him. Yeah. I've got, um, you know, Psalm 121, the Song of Ascent. This is one I've been reading this week, and it's uh, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Comes from uh, comes from the Lord, the Maker of the heavens and the earth. Um, you know, that's one thing I've been looking forward to. Is because in the morning I've been able to lately open my uh, sliding glass door and actually listen to the birds without freezing. Mm-hmm. So that's been really nice to hear uh, nature and everything else while I'm waiting for Ethan to wake up. So it's uh, that's that's where I've been reflecting this week. So. Thank you for sharing that, Great. Steve. Thank I appreciate you. that. I want to give a little sneak peek for uh, next week. What we're going to be, uh, what discipline we're going to be doing? Yeah, we're going to be looking at prayer next week. Awesome. Okay, I so, love that. Communicating with God. Our question of the week for our stream this Sunday is: um, What is a goal that you have for 2021? And I was going to share mine with you. And mine is to spend 24 hours in the furnace of transformation. Like uh, Henry Nowen said, we talked about solitude last week. So that's going to be my challenge is to find time to spend 24 hours in solitude and silence this this year. So I'm hoping that sometime soon I'll be coming back and like, hey, Steve, I did this. So that's that's my goal for this year. So that's one goal I have. I uh, just wanted to, to tell you that and say thanks for, for putting that on our uh, on our plates and putting that in the space so that we can uh, challenge ourselves to do that. So I appreciate that. Great. Well, great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, next week, looking forward to prayer. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to send them in to hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com, and, and we'll do our best to discuss those and get those answered for you. Uh, Steve, thank you very much again for joining us. All right. And, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we hope you guys uh, can take all this stuff and, and create this health, these healthy rhythms that we are called to have uh, so that others can, can reap the benefits uh, of Jesus like we are. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and Steve, have an awesome weekend. All right. You too, Jeff.